Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's welcome today's guest, Rebecca Morgan. How are you, Rebecca? Hi, Dan. It's so great to talk to you. I, I was figuring out we've known each other decades. We have, and it seems that in every decade you write a book for each year in that decade. You're up to your 27th, 28th book, 28th book. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't think I've had anyone on the show who's written more books than you have, so I'm sure you have a wealth of information to share with people. But before we do that, why don't you introduce yourself briefly uh, to our audience? Sure. So I am Rebecca Morgan, and I live in Silicon Valley. I speak around the world to corporations and associations on the topics of my 28 books. Uh, the one I've been speaking on the most is called Leadership Lessons from Silicon Valley. And because I've written 28 books, a lot of people come to me to get advice on how they can start a book or how they complete it in a week, which several of my books I've, I've completed in a week, believe it or not. So I think a lot of people uh, overthink creating a book, and they've had it on their to-do list for years and years and years. And you know what? You could do it in a week if you really wanted to. Well, let's dig deeper into that, because when I talk to prospects and when I do my seminars, one of the most frequent questions I am asked is, where do I find the time to write a book, and how much time does it take? And it seems like it's going to take too much time. There's a lot to unpack there. Share with us your ideas. So it depends on what you want out of your book. If you want to create a you know calling card, like I know you help people do, then that is, you know, you need something that's credible and that has some, some great content and is well-crafted editorially uh, to give to people. If you want to have something like, like you and I speak at conventions and at, at events and we want things in the back of the room where people want a souvenir of you, then that can be more of a... Uh, a quote book or a motivational book or something that that may not take as long to put together. So my 28th book is based on quotes I've just life sayings that I've come up with that are attributed to me. I didn't steal them from anybody. They're not quoting anybody else. And I coupled them with my own original photographs of my international travels, of interesting places that I've been or interesting shots. So I make a meme out of them, and uh, those went on social media, etc. And I also made postcards out of them. So I took those images, and I put those in a book. So each chapter starts with that image of that meme, and then it has an article related to that meme. So it may be three or four pages. And then I've also added a page at the end, which just tells the story of that photo, because usually they're of unusual things that people might not have seen in the world. So that book is about 130 pages long, I think, and it's got 35 chapters, and, and they're sometimes called bathroom books, and that, you know, they're three, four pages long each chapter, and people, um, you know, can read them quickly, and, and now with people's attention span being so short... They like, they like short chapters, just like they like short podcasts. 
So that's a really, was an easy book for me to put together. So then do you want me to talk about the 27th book or you want to have any questions about that one? Uh, yeah. Can you give us an example of um, the article and the picture so we can actually visualize what you're talking about? Um, gosh, let's see. Um, I, uh, so one of them is, is, my quote is, life is a self-designed personal growth workshop. And so then I tell the story of how every time I've had a setback or I've had a disappointment, I look at what is the learning there and how did I get there? Was it a total accident, which of course some things are, but sometimes it's because my actions or inactions led to this setback. And so there's a learning. There's always a learning. That's why it's a self-designed personal growth workshop, right? Um, and I say it's self-designed because it is based upon our decisions, even if our decision is to not make a decision. So um, there's a whole article about that. And then I've got the meme, the um, quote on one of my photos. And that particular one is also the title of the book, which that meme then that image went on the cover of the book. Does that make more sense? Makes total sense. You know, Rebecca, in my book, Write Your Book in a Flash, I talk about five different levels of books. Uh, now that I've written that, I probably could expand that to ten levels. But on the very low introductory level are those book quotes or even books that have no no, no writing on them. Just, uh, you know, everything men know about women. And you open it up and it's 100 pages of blank pages. So those will be like really, really easy to do. And on the far end, on the, the I call it level five book, would be a true thought leadership book, you know, like good to great or in search of excellence. And right below that, I would put a big business card book, which is what I do. And then there are other levels of books below that that help someone's credibility, but are easy to write uh, and such. I'm wondering, are there any kinds of books that you consider would actually hurt someone's credibility? Because there are a lot of people trying to sell all sorts of ideas for what a book is today. And some of them may not really be what people are thinking about when they are investing in those kinds of books as marketing tools. What do you think? Well, the things that I think shoot people in the foot are smaller books. And those could be either smaller in terms of the um, the cover size, or it could be smaller in terms of the number of pages. And I've seen uh, colleagues produce quote-unquote books that are really an article, 14-point type, double-spaced, that they bound. And now they call that a book. And I, my personal rule of thumb is it needs to be at least 100 pages, ideally at least 120 pages, single-spaced, you know, 11-point type, uh, you know, looks like a real bookstore book. That, to me... I think you've earned the title of author. But under that is really a booklet or, you know, that you've bound. Um, so I think people shoot themselves in the foot when they are touting themselves as an author when any critical thinking or savvy person would look at the guy and go, no, this isn't really a book in what most of us would consider a book. So I think people get desperate to have that title author behind their name. And I would encourage people to stick it out, flush it out, add more chapters, add more content to 
make it a substantive book. And I, th- I think the, my 28th book, the one I just described, is more, I would say, the next level up from the book you described where it's, it's just quotes or it's just um, images. It's, it's got more content because of the articles that flesh out the ideas more. Oh, definitely. Uh, my financial planner sent me a book that she wrote the other day, and it's really a book about grieving. And uh, it's a very short book, beautiful, beautiful pictures that illustrate an emotion, and then a poem or a saying or a few uplifting words to help people. But again, that's a different book for a different market that solves that market's problem, which I think is the key thing. People will only read a book if it solves their problem. Um, I'm wondering, since you are a professional speaker, you've spoken around the world, you have the CSP designation, which stands for Certified Speaking Professional. You're at the top of your game. You've been there for, you know, as long as I've known you. I'm wondering, for the people listening to the podcast who would like to speak a tenth as much as you have done, um, what are the kinds of books that turn a meeting planner on and what kind turn them off? And I'm particularly thinking about an anthology book. If you're one of 30 people who invested in a book pup packager to produce an anthology, do meeting planners think that you're credible or neutral or negative? I think it's, I think it's neutral at best and could be considered negative depending on how you couch it. If you present that to the planner and say, look, I'm the author of this book, or you call yourself an author, no, you're really a contributing author. So if you couch it honestly and say, this is, you know, I was invited to contribute to this book on this topic, then that's a different conversation. But if you're pretending that you wrote the whole thing, if you're spinning it that way, I think you lose a lot of credibility. And, and Deb, can I go back just one second to the book we talked about with the memes and the quotes? Um, so I sell that book back of the room pretty much exclusively. So that is a book that I knew my audiences wanted to have a souvenir of our experience together and wanted me to sign it personally to them. So I have no expectations that it will sell on Amazon or in a bookstore or anything like that. It was purposely produced because I had a series of engagements with large audiences that I knew they would want not only the topic I was talking about, which was the leadership lessons in Silicon Valley, but I made bundles where they could get three or five or seven of my 28 books for a bundle price. So it it just helped flesh out that, that bundle and it gave them some value because I just sprinkle those memes within that talk as well. And people typically wanted copies of those memes and now it's in a book. Fantastic. That's a great distinction. You know, you are also the, I believe you invented a new book format called the SLUK. (laughs) <laughs> so tell us so a little bit about that. I don't know if I invented it or if it just uh, was something that n- people hadn't really seen or I had not seen it before, but I don't want to take credit for inventing it. So people ap- after my talk wanted copies of my slides. Well, I don't know about you, but I spend hours and hours and hours crafting my slides and making them beautiful. and I just didn't feel comfortable giving them away. So I put them in the, a book in between the commentary of my talk. So it was like, I I didn't really have it transcribed, but you could have your talk transcribed. And then in in between the text, you insert 
a small image of the slide that's relevant to that text. So instead of just putting uh, the content of the text in, in text form, the content of the slide in text form in your book, it just was more visually interesting and people had anchored that particular slide or slides and they wanted to go back to that to remember what I'd said about that. So it just made it a, an easier tool and I pre-sell those on the talks that I give uh, where they can follow along and there's places even for them to take notes, even though it's not a workbook. I'd say it's a workbook on steroids. So it's still the eight and a half by five and a half format. And there are places where I will ask them to take 30 seconds and write something down, even in a keynote speech, and I give them space to do that. But it's got all the notes and everything all in one place. Plus there's additional content behind a firewall where they get links to a page and there are videos and other content, things that I, I mentioned, there are links to some of the things uh, behind that firewall. So it's a really hybrid kind of book. And I call it a slook because it slides into book versus like a blook is your blog entries into books. And I've done 19 of those. <laughs> we can have lots of fun having coming up with other words that rhyme with book in them. Uh, but that we'll say that for another conversation. Uh, let me go a little bit deeper on the slooks because this is fascinating. How much do you sell the slook for? The same as a normal book price or much higher because yeah. it's more interactive? Or what are your feelings about that? Usually around 25 US. Okay. So normal price. Okay. One other question. Some people's slides are their talk in bullet point format. Other people's slides are like a heavily graphic, like the, the, a stop sign. <laughs> and you have absolutely no idea what they're talking about uh, if you weren't at this seminar. What are your slides like, or what would you recommend someone's slides to be like? Should they be text, or they should be graphic, or should they be something else? Well, I like a combo. So I typically will have a full screen of an image uh, with just maybe one word or two words, which obviously on its own is not going to be very useful to somebody if they got that afterwards. But again, if you have that slide because they remember, oh, that was a good story or that was a whatever, they can find that easily in the slook and then read underneath that story, those examples, etc., that you fleshed out verbally. Okay. Now we're all, we started off talking about how to write fast. I'm wondering how long does it take to produce a slook, assuming you've done all the uh, prep work to create the PowerPoint and you're just moving it from the PowerPoint into this new format? Yeah. So if you have your talk transcribed, really it's just either you or some, somebody helping you, um, you know, space out, laying out in the book layout format. Uh, you know, where you have that slide and then what the text is underneath that and then the next slide, etc. So, again, I've done a number of these these books and slooks in a week. Oh, wow. I think that particular one took three weeks because I, you know, you, I had to figure it out. I had to figure, and now I've got it down, but I had to figure out the formatting and how to make it easy, etc. Well, that sounds fascinating. I know a lot of people listening produce PowerPoints, and even with Zoom, they're producing PowerPoints, and it'll be so great to add more content, uh, add the audio, the narration, any other kind of workbooks or uh, other ideas. 
to add a lot of value to it and sell it to corporations um, and make more money. So that's really cool. Cool. We're uh, we're getting toward the end of our time here, but I do want to go back to the original question of how can you write fast or how can you produce a book fast? And we're not talking about some cheapy little 40-page book or whatever. We're talking about a 120-page book that looks like a book or more pages, 120 minimum to maybe 200 or so. How can people write that kind of book? What tips do you have to do your writing and your thinking fast? Okay, a couple things. So first, my, my first book, my first and second books have both sold over 250000 each. And the very first one was really, I pulled together articles that I'd written that were related to that. I had uh, worksheets from my seminars on that topic. So I had content. I just needed to massage it into the right format for that publisher. And um, it, that took three weeks. Hmm. So, so to start with, it started with an outline, which is what I wanted to cover in what sequence, et cetera, which, of course, you massage along the way. It's not going to be exactly like you initially planned. And then I just found the content that I'd already written and plugged those into the different chapters and subchapters. And then, I, to me, it was fleshing out the... Um, Flushing out the um, not flushing. the uh, this the so those are the bones and you needed like the cartilage in between the bones to connect them in the book. So you just just making the segues clean. So that took three weeks. Then I had a couple of the books I as I mentioned were for my blog entries. So that took a week because I was speaking at a big conference with eight thousand people and I didn't have a book on this particular topic. So I went back to my blog articles and segmented them into that topic. And then I found some on another topic, so I ended up with two books. And I just formatted those blog entries, again, three to five pages per chapter. And so people think a book has to be sequential. It can be, or it can be a collection of essays, which is essentially what my my books are, where I've made the blog entries into books. And I had that done in a week. Wow. Great. Yeah. So it can be done. So that is fantastic news. Rebecca, can you tell us who your perfect client is and how they can reach you? Oh, well, thank you. Um, so RebeccaMorgan.com is my website. And my perfect client for this sort of project are people who are somewhat organized. They want a thought leader. They want an accountability coach. They want somebody who is willing to be honest with them and say, you know, you need to really hire a ghostwriter or a you know grammarian or somebody that will give them honest feedback, and that's what I do as gently as I can. But I'm not going to uh, say something is really great when it's not, because I want you to look your best and to have something that you're not going to want to throw away once you get it back and you get some honest feedback from other people. You know, you, you have something that you're proud of. And my first two books were written 30 years ago, and they still sell. Fantastic. Thank you for being with us today, Rebecca. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.